on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Uh, you're listening to the girls around town here on Radio Newark on this Sunday morning, and we have a studio full now. We've switched the air conditioning off for a while as well, so that we can warm up. But with five of us, one, two, three, four, yes, five of us sitting in this um, cosy little orange room, hopefully we will um, stop shivering before too long. <laughs> so, um, we're, um, as, as we said earlier, we're talking for the rest of the show, or most of the rest of the show, to uh, this, this morning's guest, um, Louise Page. I have, to, I have to stop and think about it, and forgive me if I sound a bit dubious, but we had Louise Clark on last week, and I have to keep stopping and thinking that I've got the right Louise this week. Louise Page is with us. In the, I, was, I was speaking directly to Louise there, by the way, making that apology. Um, Louise Page is with us in the studio, and she's going to be talking to us about her hypnotherapy practice. Um, and Fiona is going to be quizzing her on it so well, fiona up gently, to you gently probing yes. i like to think of yes. it yes yeah with the odd poke <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure i won't have to do that <laughs> oh, well well welcome along welcome along to this yeah cozy uh, our cozy studio today with lots of lots of people hopefully generating quite a bit of heat um well not to say hot air <laughs> who knows yes that too possibly yeah um so Tell us a little bit about, I know quite often when people come in, we, we, we ask them to tell us a little bit about how they have come, how they've ended up doing what they do, you know, because there's usually quite an interesting story attached to why people, you know, are, are following the path that they do. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your, your journey to hypnotherapy okay, or becoming my, a therapist? My journey started because I was a complete stress head um, a good few years ago. And um, it got to the point where life had just kind of backed up some difficult stuff some challenges old stuff new stuff and I just got to the point where I was so stressed I just couldn't cope anymore just too much so I used to go to counseling which was great and that helped me understand the past um, bits and pieces but as valuable as that really was and it was truly valuable I kept doing the same things again I had the same reactions I had the same habits which, in all honesty, was just frustrating and not helping me at all. And so um, my cousin, who's also um, trained as a hypnotherapist, suggested that I go and see another hypnotherapist. And I went, yeah, yeah, whatever, silly idea. Me going to a hypnotherapist. Anyway, I got to the point, yeah, yeah I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, last, last thing. Anyway, so turned up to see this hypnotherapist no idea what was going going to happen we'd had a chat on the phone so he he sounded a nice guy so that's good and he, he got to the point where he's thinking well i've seen these tv programs i've seen what people do on tvs under help of a you know hypnotist and at that point i didn't know anything much about hypnotherapy versus hypnotism so i was expecting goodness knows what but it was good it, we had a chat we did some work together um, he found out some strategies that worked for me. Um, I learnt a lot. In fact, I probably learnt as much doing my own hypnotherapy sessions with him before I actually trained, because I've I've actually done it. I've I've got my own version, so that's that's really useful. So yeah, so so you've had you've sort of had experience yeah. of it yourself, which is often yes, the best totally. way of of coming through to something. So when my clients turn up, and I I have a chat with them and you know, speak to them on the phone, you know. Do you want to ask me anything? How can I help you? Um, 
I do sometimes get the comment, will you make me act like a chicken? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh, right, okay, let's explain this. One, no, I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. If you want to act like a chicken, go for it. <laughs> I can't make you, sorry. And then I had another client who actually asked me, will you uh, make me take my clothes off? And I'm oh, kind of going, hmm, no, not really. I mean, why would I? And I sit there thinking, why would... Why would I want to do that? And we were still in contact anyway, so it, was, it, was, it worked out okay. And those clothes were not removed. Anyway, <laughs> so it's really important. And I understand this as a client, as an ex-client, and you don't know what to expect. It is, you're in a difficult position in your life. You've probably used all sorts of different other techniques. And more than a few times, I've been told, you're my last hope. I'm giving this a go because it's the last thing I, c I can decide to do. And it's okay, that's fine. So what I do with a, um, all my clients, I explain what hypnotherapy is all about and more essentially what it isn't about. So if we go back to the stage hypnotist and the TV programmes we see regularly, there's um, a new one on with Phil Schofield, saying I'm back in the room. And because I know what's going on, I find it incredibly funny. But what other people see who haven't got the background and knowledge that, I have is somebody who's able to make people act daft. So it's the hypnotist that will make you act like a chicken, That's not a hypnotherapist. <laughs> oh, definitely. Hypnotherapists do not do stuff like this. <laughs> However, if you think about what happens in the programme, people will be asked, do they want to be part of the programme? Do you want to be on telly? And some people will go backwards, fold their arms and go, no, that's body language for absolutely no not on this planet other people will kind of go yes and they'll literally put their hands up and go oh yeah i'll have a go at this okay they will have a positive motivation to do this they want the five minutes of fame they want to see how it works whatever it's good it's a good motivation and so those people will be selected and then within that selection they will be asked to do certain things and actually what they're actually being tested on is will they play along so there was a lady on the phil schofield program and she really really quite fancied phil schofield and what the stage hypnotist worked with her on was like do you want to have the opportunity to get very near to phil schofield and she's going, oh, yeah. And, oh, my God, this is so exciting. Ooh. And, of course, that's her motivation. I mean, you don't have to. You just have to give her an indication or a trigger. And it's like, you are now allowed to get near to Phil Schofield. And, and she was doing it. And all you could see, well, even when they were panning across and to the other people, you could see this lady's face. It's like some sort of like, oh, I can get really near to Phil Schofield now. And, like, looking really in love with Phil Schofield. But what they would do, what she was doing, was being allowed to do what she wanted to do. She had this opportunity to go and say hello to Phil Schofield. So that was, a, you know, positive motivation for her, which is great. But when you kind of know these motivations, you know how they work and you know how they'll be positive. And so people will actually work with the stage hypnotist. So you use people's motivations in a, in a therapeutic way. You, you work mm. out. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's what's the um, let's let's see if we can. We'll talk a little bit more, I think, about uh, hypnotherapy mm. and how it can help specific issues uh, shortly. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Right, so now we know that we're not going to be, um, we're in no danger of being turned into chickens. <laughs> no chickens. No we will ladies. not be taking off our clothes, <laughs> however warm it gets in the studio. Um, let's have a little bit more music and then we will come back to talk to Louise um, in more detail. Billy Goulding there and Love Me Like You Do. And for those of you who don't know, I'm sure everybody does know that was the theme tune from Fifty Shades of Grey. And Fifty Shades of Grey was on the telly on Sunday night. And nobody in this room watched it, did we? (laughs) No, no, we didn't, no. I had far better things to do. Um, Anyway, I've read the books. Uh, You're listening to the girls around town here on Radio New York this Sunday morning. And in the studio with us, our guest Louise, who is talking to Fiona about, um, well, we've talked already about the difference between hypnotherapy and, and hypnosis. Um, we're all very relieved um, to know that we're not going to be um, doing anything untoward under um, Louise's influence in the next 30 minutes or so. Um, Fiona, back over to you. Okay, well, while while that uh, record was on, we were, we were talking about, um, Louise and I were talking about the different things that you, you know, uh, that you might use hypnotherapy for. There's there's quite a range of things, um, including IBS, some sort of physical complaints, um, and but quite a lot of things around fears, anxieties, and and phobias particularly. So Louise, tell us how you'd cope with uh, someone who came in and said they wanted you they wanted you to help them with a phobia of some sort. Okay, phobias um, can be started by the smallest event so perhaps we should backtrack and just say that a phobia usually means it's an an extended fear yeah sort of an outrageous fear of something and it will actually make you avoid that situation so people for instance with a spider phobia will avoid spiders at all costs i i've actually had a, um, a client who actually had a really deep phobia of spiders and before she'd go into any room and i literally mean any room she had to check if there were spiders in the room so that's quite limiting, isn't it, on your yeah, on I mean, your her, life? Her, yeah, her, her actual daily routine. She spent as much time trying to entering entering different rooms and checking if the spiders were there. So when she came to see me, because I live in the countryside, I was busy trying to get all the spiders out. So, but a phobia will actually—it's just a dislike. You might have copied it from somebody else. So, for instance, I used to have a phobia of spiders, and it pretty much came from my great grandma. Who even if you put, you know, the tops of the tomatoes. So if you used to put them out, she used to um, get a bit hysterical about them because they were similar to spiders. <laughs> but they didn't. So they, you, you they can didn't sort of learn, You can almost kind of like learn oh, yeah. learn I mean, a phobia yeah. so through you, exposure to so it. So if you think, um, so you either get it through an experience you've had personally. Somebody's told you about something, and your subconscious mind has decided, oh, that's dangerous. We're going to keep away from that, or you just copied. So sometimes it's a case of. You know, um, a child sees a mother um, fairly hysterical, trying to take a cardigan off. And the child converts this into a fear of buttons. Years later, I mean, this is an actual case that I read about when I was training. Um, She went for a session of hypnotherapy. They regressed her back to where this started from when she was about three, you know, quite a little girl. And what she saw as an adult, because you almost see it as like a, um, a bit of film sometimes. And what she really saw as the adult was her mum was trying to get the cardigan off because there was a bee or a wasp stuck in the cardigan. So the issue wasn't the buttons. The buttons were the issue on the basis that she couldn't, in sort of like all of her fears, she couldn't get the buttons and the cardigan off. 
So as soon as she realised what the true reality was, the phobia could be turned off. Okay, so so if someone comes to you with something like a phobia of spiders, mm. I mean, is that what is that what you try to do? You try to kind of backtrack to where it started? Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing to do, really, because your subconscious mind is set up. Its first responsibility is to keep you safe, and it will do the utmost to do this. This is basically where the phobias come from, because it's like avoidance of this situation, avoidance of a possibility of this situation, and it just gets bigger and bolder and more strong over the years possibly and then the second responsibility is enjoyment of life but actually all it's trying to do is kind of keep you away from stuff that's bad and help you enjoy stuff that's good so with phobia it's actually um good to actually get somebody into a relaxed mode so it's sometimes just shutting their eyes so there's no visual <coughs> input going on and just relax get them to go to a nice place that they like, that they can choose. So some people go to the seaside, some people go to the mountains. So this is bringing them into the, the, the hip, yeah. hip, hypnotised yeah. state. Yeah. So actually, but all it is is relaxation. I mean, no, so you're not using think, watches or any of that? Oh, no. Again, no. is that stage stuff? No, you can do, but stuff. I mean, that's part of it, but I don't. See, because I don't really think that that really helps because people start asking funny questions again. So you just think, you know, just nice and relaxed, more relaxed than you are consciously. And that will allow you to access what's in your subconscious mind. What's in your subconscious mind is all your habits, all your routines, all your beliefs. So everything about you. And if we think about um, a laptop, so if we think the screen is like the, the conscious mind, so it only works at a certain, only has to do certain things. The really technical part is actually all the good stuff underneath the keyboard, and that represents the subconscious mind. So if you can access all the technical data that's in them. It's just like a big database, to be quite honest. And if you can get people to relax enough and then get right, go back to where this started. That might take a little bit of time. Sometimes it's just immediately there. But sometimes you can kind of go, right, see is it, see is it, see it as a piece of tape, something away from you. So you're not actually there. So it's actually nice and safe and feels a bit more comfortable. And then when you found what started this event, you can actually go, right, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to keep it? No. What do you want to do with it? I'd like to turn it off. And then um, there, there's some strategies and techniques to actually turn it off. And phobias are weird because people think they've had them for years and years and years, and they have. And they're so strong and so powerful. And yet they're, they're one of the easiest things to actually deal with. And have you got personal experience of using hypnotherapy say for yourself to to combat a phobia oh yeah as a type 1 diabetic of many many years it's really not a good idea to have a phobia of needles oh dear it really is helpful so i can give myself injections i've been giving myself injections since i was very little however um a few years ago a gp said not not from around here but a gp said to me some kind of comment that my subconscious mind picked up as not useful the result of that was I'm not having any more blood tests you know the sort of like the hospital type normal blood tests and every time I used to go try and get blood out of me I used to be in complete stress and panic it's horrible and my veins would flatten couldn't get any blood out of me anywhere that but this was worse because I need these results to you know to 
know what my diabetes has been up to. So that's it's so the doctor had somehow triggered that response in you yeah. by some words that they'd used. Yep. Okay. And I know the words, but you know, it's it's stuff that it shouldn't have got said, but it got said. So it's it's the smallest of comments sometimes that make have and they get they get bigger meanings. And then it grows and goes to the point of I'm not doing that, I'm gonna avoid that. I'm not doing that. So what did you do about that then? Did you did you go to did you treat yourself or did no, you go I, to I, another therapist? I actually I actually went to another therapist, which is great when you've got lots of friends who've had a hypnotherapist. But then also, I mean that was like ten years ago. And it was successful, presumably. And it was successful. But even now, because I have to have these um, routine blood tests, I have a technique that I share with everybody. So if you've got a safe place, somewhere that you feel really nice going to, so mine happens to be the desert in America, beautiful blue skies, big open expanse, and I feel very calm and very connected to that place. So when I go and see the phlebotomist to take my blood, I said... I'm just going to go somewhere nice and they know me well enough to go, okay, you go off to wherever you go off to. And I consciously make the decision to go, I'm off to Muley Point, which is where this place is called. So I get relaxed. I'm there. I can take myself there and I'm relaxed and my breathing calms down. And the best thing is my veins behave. <laughs> they only get one chance at this, generally, but they, we, we get it done. So, yeah, so that's... My phobia got turned off, but then I have actually got a really good technique that I take with me that helps me every time. But, and because it's helped me every time, I do it every time. And so I've got this backlog of really good stuff. So it's almost a fait accompli to go, this is going to be okay. Yeah, so your mind knows that it's going yeah, to be I'm okay. control as well. And that's the sort of techniques that some of the, that's the kind of technique that you would then pass on to Definitely. your clients. Yeah. So mm. a lot of it is about empowerment, actually. So even if you've got a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable and you feel completely out of control and completely unempowered, if you've got something you can kind of hold on to and use, you will feel more empowered. And then because you're actually slightly more calm, hopefully. So a calm mind is a more creative mind. So you can actually go, oh, this is a solution. Whereas actually, if you're running around being very, very reactive and stressed and emotional, what your mind will do is go around all of its different solutions it can find in your database. And it will just grab something. Now, whether it, what it grabs is useful or not is, doesn't really matter to it. It's grabbed something that it can use. And it uses that routine or habit. And so when you use that routine or habit, it's a case of, well, was that useful or not? And sometimes it isn't useful because it will always go back to that habit. So you provide the kind of the go-to habit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you, that's what you get, get so people to do. So if you think about um, a laptop, you know, sort of like, you know, got malware, you've got bits of software that is a bit cranky. So that's kind of a bit like our subconscious mind sometimes. So it's old stuff that's kind of still active. And so within a hypnotherapic session, you can go, I'm just going to replace that old cranky stuff with something better. And the client always decides what's better. I mean, I know so I never decide it for them. They say, right. right, what do you want to do with this? What would be better for you? So you give them a patch, something basically. Yes, it's yeah. just like Coming a Coming for an upgrade. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's it yeah. totally like that. You know, we all of an urge that we can remember floppy disks when you just have to feed floppy disks in for 500 hours when there was an upgrade. 
Right. Okay. Well, that's clarified a lot of things for me. Hope that's <laughs> hope that that's making things clearer for everyone. Okay. Well, harvest also, of course, means that children go back to school. It's the new term, and this is another thing, another area I know that you do quite a lot of work on, uh, Louise. Sort of helping children with fears, perhaps, around going to school or back to school. Yep, I've uh, worked with children as young as eight. Uh, generally um, lots of teenagers really like working with teenagers and it's just sometimes they've got so much stress nowadays you know exams tests sort of like peer pressure and there's a whole gamut of issues going on there and they don't know what to do with it I'm not saying every adult knows what to do because we don't but what we have um, within the sessions that we do it's teaching a lot of the time it's teaching these individuals how to deal with their past stuff that might be a don't go out um some you know he might have been sick in public so don't go out and he don't go to school now and getting even into dad's car is a, a big battle so when I was um, actually working with this client, we just worked really lightly. So it's not big and big stuff with them, although it is big stuff. And it's just generally, and they're great for learning. They will pick anything up and use it. You know, oh, you know, I'll just teach you how to do this. You know, sometimes you know, I've got, I have teenagers huffing and puffing. Oh, we're going to do that breathing stuff again. Yes, we are, because it's good stuff and it will help you. And they get it and they, they use it and they take it away. And, you know, when they come back to the next session, I say, oh, have you been getting on? Oh, I like that. Oh, I've done this with this. And I, oh, I didn't do that, but I did this. Oh, great. You, you work out what you need to do, what helps, helps you. And with regards to, it's no different from when we were growing up, but we were never really told what to do with this pressure. So when I get clients of a certain age, more often than not, we go back to childhood with them doing inner child work or, you know, within sort of that teenage area as well or university. It's all about stress and how to deal with it. And just knowing that they are slightly empowered and know what might help, help and they've practiced it. And it's a good life skill. It's a brilliant life skill. So, and this they can take into, you know, into their future because i suppose that's it once you once you've got some techniques mm. and if you keep them going and you yeah. and they obviously they help then you are going to carry on using that yeah so yeah. with the clients when i'm working with a lot of stress clients that's that seems to be one of my major areas we create some kind of toolbox so when we start the toolbox is pretty empty but then we've got, well, we've got this strategy you've got that strategy you can try this this happens this works so actually if you can walk around with your imaginary toolbox in the back of your pocket back pocket and you think oh if that happens oh i'm going to try that it might not totally work or it might mm. need changing but a lot of the time it's just like do you know what sometimes just sitting down and being quiet helps sometimes going off and doing something physical helps and sometimes listening to music or watching your favorite film it doesn't matter what what works for you as long as you know mm. Do you know what? I can go back and I can get that out. I've got a really funny film called Raising Arizona, and it's by the Coen brothers. And there's a part in that film that really, really makes me laugh. 
And it probably shows that I've got a bit of a strange sense of humour because it's when the guy runs into a cactus. And I just think that's hysterical. I know. I probably need therapy. I'm getting some visual humour there. No, that's all right. It's it's, it's not real. (laughs) Nobody was hurt. The cactus was fine. But there's certain things that will always make me laugh. So when I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm a bit... I need some time, time out. I've sometimes watched that film. Or I've got a mad springer spaniel and we go and run around the garden because sometimes just moving that state of mind and it can literally be moving yourself physically from one place to another actually helps your mind do that as well and when you've got springer spaniel who wants to run around the garden and play ball there's nothing as simple as that and it's Mm. easy and it's nice then you come back and i've just rearranged my headspace yeah well i know what you mean about that sort of reassuring toolbox idea Mm. because um um, well, I had the I got stuck in the car park the other day. I had to get an engineer out, and um, he sorted me out with his tools. Dare I say? <laughs> exactly. Better, better, better not go there. But it was the sight of the toolbox made me feel yeah. reassured. Yeah, there's some stuff in there that helps. I think on that note, we'll take a short break and think about the gentleman's toolbox. Maybe while we listen to um, next piece of music from Rita Ora. Rita Aura there and her latest Your Song. So we've got about five minutes left before we hand over to Craig for Sunday lunchtime show. Um, Fiona, I think you and Louise had a couple of other points you wanted to make before we finish up. Well, we always uh, make sure that uh, pe- our guest has a chance to explain how people can get, can get in touch with them. So um, what's your, what's, give us your, de- your website details, please, okay, Louise. Website's really easy. Veiltherapy.co.uk Okay. And so, and, and I know that all your all the details of all the, the different things that you do are on there, yep. including uh, a little bit of um, information about your artwork, which is another string to your bow. Tell us a tell us a bit about your upcoming workshop and the artwork that you do. Okay, um, I use art as relaxation. I've just always been an artist. So, what's coming up is called the Free Spirit Watercolor Workshop. If the word watercolour puts you off, don't worry about it. It's just pretty colours. And what it is, it's actually just using wet and wet technique and it's moving colour around a piece of paper with a brush. So you don't have to be artistic, you don't have to be any be able to draw, anything like that. It's just basically the opportunity to be creative. And where As, are you where are you doing those workshops? That will be at Hanwell Wine Estate. So that's just outside Kinalton. So they've got the details on their website as well, which is hanwellwine.co.uk. And if you just look on the events part, it, it will be there. But we've only just decided to do this, so it might be a little time to be put up. Right, because I know that the, the workshops are actually in, in the spring, aren't yes, they? Yes, yeah. So, I mean, sort of February, April and May next so year. So a, a, good, a good chance to ask for some vouchers, perhaps, from Hanwell Wine, so you can go on one of these <laughs> watercolour <laughs> workshops. Um, yes, yeah. yes. Um, th- th- they, they are doing um vouchers for christmas and things like that absolutely and people are beginning to talk about christmas presents and christmas dues in that way that people do in september absolutely and i also noticed um because we know helenka of course she's been on the show i noticed a post on her um facebook page the other day saying that they just tasted their first wines oh that's right they are due for um being available i think early 
2018 mm-hmm. available to the public so could be perfect timing couldn't it yeah. great yeah go yes. along for a, mm. a drink and a workshop <laughs> sounds like a good <laughs> idea yeah <laughs> absolutely well um it's it's been lovely to talk to you louise thank you very much indeed for coming in from the vale of beaver yes. I, I believe yes um and um we perhaps will have you back again if thank if you very you'd much like do that come yes. back and talk to us again yeah uh, lovely we we as i say we're handing over to craig in just a few minutes he is in the studios he's tootling around getting himself ready so um i'm sure that he will be um ready to move in the moment we vacate the premises as it were um what have we got coming up next week now let me have a think about this next sunday we are going to be um talking musicals we're going to be talking to dean skeeber um, who is the choreographer and creative director for the upcoming production of Cats at the Newark Palace Theatre. He will be also um, accompanied by, if you'll pardon the pun, um, Rupert Tribbett, who is the musical director of the show. They'll be telling us all about it. They'll be telling us about the upcoming auditions and all that sort of thing. That's on next Sunday's show. So, um, just time to say, have a nice rest of the weekend, ladies, all of you, and all of you ladies out there as well. We will be back, as I say, next Sunday with um, the story of Cats, I don't know whether we'll be able to get any music from Cats um, loaded up onto the computer before then. Maybe. Um, I'm thinking perhaps Memory. That's the one that everybody knows, isn't it? Um, But anyway, we'll have lots to um, find out about what's happening at the Palace Theatre when the Operatic Society brings Cats to New York.